today. Can you guys just stand with me really quickly? We're going to get ready to kind of just press in a little bit and just want to take a moment and just say, look, if you are a guest this morning, welcome. Thank you for being here with us. Consider this home here at Connect. We just want to help people uh, really get connected to all that Jesus is. You know, for so many, church can be so many different things. It could be a house of refuge. It, it can be a place of hope. For some, it could be a place of past pain. For some, it could be a place of rejoicing and celebration. A hospital for those who are feeling sick and at any level. But for us, what church is, is it's, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to get together and celebrate who Jesus is. Because it's really not just about the songs that we sing or the message that we hear. It's not about the seats that we sit in. It's not about actually how the service is put together. It's really about one person. His name's Jesus. And that's what we're here to do today. And that's what we want to really invite you to be a part of today. To, for the next hour, just to maybe let everything else that you're going through throughout the week, all the other stresses and strains that this pandemic has brought and that life keeps on us, maybe just to put that aside for a moment, just for a little bit, give God a go, just maybe for a little bit, turn our attention to him, because he's worth it, he, he's worth it, not because of what he does, he's worth it because of who he is, you know, we're going to sing a song, we're going to begin worship in just a moment, and in the midst of it, the Bible says, Jesus says, look, if you won't praise me, the rocks will cry out. And that's going to be part of this worship song. The truth of the matter is that we get the opportunity to praise him. It's, it's not a have to, it's a get to. We get an opportunity to just stop for a moment and tell him how good he is. Not for what he does, but for who he is. So we want to thank you for being here this morning. I want to thank you for the sacrifice of your time. Thank you for being willing to step out and to walk down that boardwalk and to step into something, into his presence. So before we press in just a little bit more, can we just stop and pray just for a moment? Just maybe take a moment to be still and know that he's God. Because we're not in welcoming you just to a church service, we're welcoming you to the presence of a king. Not an ideology, a philosophy, a religion, but we're inviting you into the presence of a person. His name is Jesus. He came, he died, he rose again, he's seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And one day he will come back for you. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. The whole earth now is filled with your glory. Father, we praise you today. Daddy, we thank you. We, we've come to give you glory. We've come to give you praise. We've come to say thank you for all that you are. We thank you, Jesus, that you're the kings and Lord of lords, and there's not one thing, not, not one situation, not one circumstance, not one scenario that we face that you are not Lord over. And so today, we've come to lift up our hearts and lift up our hands and to praise you, to say thank you. 
because we know that you're the king over it all. Holy Spirit, come and do what only you can do today. Fill this place. Fill our hearts. Open our ears and open our eyes. Open our hearts to you. Where there's pain, let there be healing. Where there's depression, let there be joy. Where there's hopelessness, Lord, let there be hope in the name of Jesus. For we place ourselves not in our own hands but in yours. And we know that you work all things together for your good because you love us and we love you. And so today we've come to praise you, to give you the glory, the honor, and all the power and all the praise. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in our lives, in this church, in our city, in our nation, and in our world as it is in heaven. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody together said amen and amen. Come on, can we give God just one shout of glory, just one moment of praise. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just press in a little bit. Hallelujah. Good morning, church. Good morning. Let's worship him together, okay? We're going to speak about a few of his truths, one being that his mercies are new each morning, meaning each morning we get a new start because he says so. And then his banner over us is love, meaning that the one word he
time, a very short time ago, like a half a year ago, a little more, <clears throat> I was almost content to let the rocks cry out before me because it has been hard, right? Like the last few years have been hard. That's the easiest way to put it. It was a lot harder than that. If there was a harder word than hard, it was that. And I was content. I thought, wow, I start to feel comfortable again in my unhappiness, in my indignation, in my separation from him. The space that I left between us felt like freedom. And it's a lie. It's a lie because I felt free on the outside. But on the inside, I was so entrapped in feeling guilty, in feeling wrong, in feeling hate for myself and hate for my circumstances. And I had to reconcile, like, where was that coming from? What was that about? And then I realized, oh, look at all that space that I left between us. And so I stepped a little bit closer. And then... Ironically, maybe not. Things didn't quite get better. <laughs> and I was like, but I took a step closer. And I took another step closer because from what I had known, from what I had always known that he was doing, he was good. He was holy. He was glorious. He gave me blessings. He loved me. He said I was his. So I took a step closer and I took a step closer and it was hard. It wasn't easy because I liked the feeling of freedom regardless of how it made me feel on the inside. But I knew that I knew that I knew that he was good and he was who he said he was. So I kept taking a step closer, taking a step closer. And then I realized, like, I can't, <laughs> I can't be quiet about it anymore. I don't want all that space. I don't care who's gonna fill it with themselves or my time or my feeling of freedom or whatever. I don't want any of that. And that part has been heavy on my heart for a few weeks. I've been sitting with this song about the rocks. And I had to learn about it because if I was honest, I didn't really know what they were talking about. I was like, oh, yeah, sure. When Jesus comes back at the end of time, even the rocks are going to know him. That wasn't it, right? It was the first time he came. And so he gave us that warning, like, not a warning, but like a, a, a he just told us. The fact of the matter is, is they know who I am. Even rocks know who I am. And surely we are more than rocks. And so, like I said, far be it from me to let the rock cry out before me. And it's not, it almost was me. That's why I'm so passionate to tell you, it was almost me. But it's not going to be me. And I hope that you're not going to let it be you. I really hope you won't let it be you. Come on, let's sing that. Let's sing that. Church, let's push in one more time. If, that, if what Margo just heard said touched you. Can I just encourage you, lift up your hands, lift up your voice to God. Doesn't matter how far you think you are from him, one step closer. That's the invitation this morning. Just take a step towards him. You are not so far that his love cannot touch you. His spirit cannot woo you. He's already loving you today. The Bible says when the prodigal son was away from the father, turned and took a step back, the father ran to him because he wants to be, embrace you with his love. Come on. Let's praise Him for His goodness.
Can you just turn to somebody maybe you didn't come to church with? Say hi to them. Give them an air high five, maybe a fist pump, little elbow bump, whatever it is. But just say hi this morning. Let them know it's good to have them in the house of God today. Team, awesome. Thank you so much. As you guys are being seated, uh, I just want to give a warm welcome to everybody who's online. Hey guys, thank you for uh, being with us this morning. Okay, church, can you guys have everybody who's online ahead as well? It's so good to have you with us this morning. Thank you for coming. No matter where you are, whether you're in a hospital room, a living room, whether you're on vacation, whether you're just still stuck in, un feeling uncomfortable yet to, to be in this kind of crowd, hey, that's all right. We're just glad that you give God a go this morning. Yeah. You know, the one thing that you've heard this morning, that you've heard in this room and that you're hearing online, is that invitation that Margot just gave. Can I encourage you, take one step towards Jesus. Just one more step in your heart. Whether you're in this room or in that living room, just take one step in your heart. Dee, we've got a special morning this morning because we have someone who's going to share something special with church. So why don't you just kind of tell church what's happening today. You know, there's times in your life where you are, um, you kind of go through them and then you realize afterwards that that was something that would mark your life. Um, and then there's other times when you realize that God gives you a head up, heads up for something that you're about to walk into that you know will change your life. And this morning is definitely one of those mornings. Amen. Um, and this moment is one of those moments for me. And this morning, you know, we've talked a lot about um, the difference and the change and the shift that our church has gone through purposely. But sometimes you can't just say that you're becoming a different church unless you then become a different church. Right, right. Right? And these kinds of mornings are a fraction but priceless to being a different kind of church. We often talk about helping people take the journey from being a non-believer in Christ to a believer in Christ to a disciple of Christ. And this morning we get the intense privilege of hearing from Sharon Smith Woo! this morning. Yeah. And I'm going to let Sharon introduce her details. But I don't remember a time being the church without Sharon being with us as the church. Yeah. In my mind, Sharon has been one of the cornerstones of who we are. And in 2016, she began a different kind, or as far as I have on my rock, a different kind of journey that she's going to be sharing partially about today. And when Sharon had told us about a diagnosis that she had received um, it was kind of just intuitively our team came to this building 
pre-tornado, <laughs> pre-pandemic, feeling like we had been hit by both a tornado and a pandemic. And we came to lift up the name of Jesus with Sharon in this place. And at that time, our platform used to be somewhat against that wall. And on that wall hung a cross. And after we prayed for her that day, when I left, when we all left, we used to have rocks outside. And I took this rock and I wrote Sharon's name and the date on it. And this is what I've kept with me all of time as I've continued to pray for her and to pray for myself that I would be changed by the journey that I watched her walk through. And the reason that I bring that, that platform up is because when that occurred for Sharon, she came to this house and she went to that cross and she physically beheld it. She physically was holding on to it. And if you've known, we've talked often about times, there's times in life when it's great to have your Bible on a phone, but sometimes you need the physical presence of a Bible. It's a tangible expression of the power and the love and the comfort and the presence of God. And that's what I watched her do with that cross. So when we took this last year to renovate this, this building, we absolutely made certain that that cross stayed in this house. So it's, that's why when you first walk into the foyer, you don't get through the foyer without seeing that cross. That same cross hangs in the foyer because that same cross still speaks. It spoke that day. It's going to speak this day through Sharon and it's going to speak into our eternities. Really good. I speak on behalf of this church of the love the adoration and the honor that we hold for you today, Sharon. And I know that you're hating every minute of this. (laughs) (laughs) And it just brings me delight. (laughs) This is the woman who will never make a fanfare about herself, but she today is going to make a spectacle of her Jesus. Yes. So church, would you stand with me and welcome Sharon? Woo! Yeah! for you to, I was like, oh no, Pastor Danielle's going to introduce, she's going to make everybody's expectations go like through the roof. (laughs) And then I realized I, my friends and family and my church family are so loving and supportive that I could literally stand up here for an hour and talk about like poops and farts. (laughs) And you guys would be like, that was so awesome. (laughs) So, and that's not what I'm talking about. So I'm talking about much better things. But the real, I, I don't have to worry about expectations. All right, so I don't do this. This is the first time I've ever been up here on a Sunday speaking. I'm not a preacher. This isn't a sermon. 
I didn't rehearse this for hours over the weekend practicing. Like, this is raw, this is, uh, you guys can sit. <laughs> um, this is very raw. I didn't know I was going to be doing this until Tuesday. Um, so I'm just going to be myself this morning. I'm gonna fiddle with my notes. I'm gonna probably violate all the public speaking faux pas. I might check my watch every little bit because like we don't have long services here um, typically. It's usually that we're done before 12.30 and that's my goal. And I might check my watch to try to achieve that but I'm not going to be ruled by the watch today. So I just wanna open up with it. If, you ha if, we're, if I'm go X minutes over 12.30 and you guys gotta to go, you know, I wanna give you now the freedom to, you're not hurting my feelings if you have to get up and go, all right? Um, so I always, I'm going to testify about something today. I'm going to testify about a miracle I'm waiting for. And I had always planned to testify about this miracle, but never, always after. I had planned to testify about it after I received it, never before. And I even wrote it out in advance of what I'm gonna, you know, my testimony after I receive my miracle. And none of that stuff am I talking about today. Um, so I don't even know what's happening right now. <laughs> um, so I'm kind of uncomfortable up here talking about myself, but I'm hoping you don't see it that way. And I hope you see the God, I hope you see God through it all. Um, it's going to be very easy for me to get off topic, especially in the beginning. So I'm going to, um, mostly the first five to ten minutes, I'm going to read just so I stay on topic and don't um, go into a rabbit hole. So Pastor Danielle kind of alluded to this. Um, this may or may not be news to anyone, but here's where I stand right now. Almost five and a half years ago, I was diagnosed with stage four cancer. Over the past five and a half years, I have thrown many treatments at it, from natural treatments to man-made medicines. I am currently, as in I found this out six days ago, at the point where nothing seems to be working and the cancer continues to grow and I have chosen to stop treatments and just let it go. Put in another way, I've been walking through the valley of the shadow of death for five years. And more recently, I feel like I'm walking on a balance beam with death in this world below me. Uh, my, my oncologist told me this past Monday to let me know when I need stronger pain meds and to let me know when I'm ready for hospice. Not even kidding. I legitimately need a supernatural healing, AKA a miracle, in order to remain on this earth. This is difficult for my family and friends to hear, and when I tell them, I slap a, but I'm still keeping the faith on at the end. And I can only imagine, and I'm just projecting this onto them, that they must internally roll their eyes or say wishful thinking in their head or think that it's a mere throwaway verse, throwaway statement. but I know what I've been told and I know what I've been shown. 
And even though a scan tells you that I have 13 centimeters of tumor in my chest and lungs, and even though I'm in a constant state of discomfort, and half the time I wake up in the middle of the night because I can't even lay down, I ha I, it hurts to lay down, I still keep the faith and believe that I will be healed. May I be so bold as to say, on this side of heaven. Even when it looks like I've gone, I'm too far gone, and even though it may sound absolutely crazy to some, if not most, but when I say I'm keeping the faith, there's a lot behind that that I've been carrying and keeping to myself and not telling anybody, not even my own husband. Because I think, who would care? Things that I think are amazing that have been revealed to me, but I think no one would care about. I think it's amazing, but no one else would. So why would I, why would I tell? Why would I, why would I, why would I need to tell anybody? But then I just couldn't take it anymore, and I had to tell somebody. I told Pastors Kyle and Danielle last Monday, and I said, here's why I'm still keeping the faith. And then, and then here you have me. This is why I'm here. <laughs> here I stand. So I invited a bunch of family and friends today. Obviously, the room looks a little further, uh, a little fuller than normal. Not so I can be like, oh, come listen to me talk. That, you know, <laughs> the less people, the better when it comes to public speaking. Um, but my hope is that after today, any sadness experienced by my family and friends and my Connect family will turn into hope and a shared faith. Maybe you'll believe with me. Okay. So housekeeping for this morning. I may or may not get emotional, um, but if I do, it has nothing to do with fear or sadness. It's more of deep conviction. Um, and number two, this one is important. One truth you must keep before you at all times. And I don't say this to be, to sound down on myself, and I don't say this to invoke a reaction or to um, fish for um, objections, but I need you to remember that I'm nobody. And don't be deceived that because I'm on this stage or because you're gonna hear some of the things you're gonna hear, don't be deceived that I'm somebody, or that I'm special, or that I'm a favorite. The Bible says we're all blades of grass, and not one stands higher than the other. Even pastors Kyle and Danielle are blades of grass. So I'm, we're all blades of grass together. <laughs> so another thing, as I speak today, I will be speaking with the authority of the word, which is the Bible. We call it the word of God. And as I speak, I want you to interrogate where you stand on this book and how convicted you are and how arrested you are by it, whether you consider yourself a Christian or not. Is it the absolute life on a page, the voice of God, the truth of the world living and active, and you approach it with awe and wonder? Or is it a book you hear Pastor Kyle read from every Sunday and you take his revelation from it and try to use it to make your life better but never delve into it yourself? That was me. 
before all this? Or is it merely kind of a history book with words of wisdom sprinkled throughout it that you grab at at various times throughout your life? Now I'm gonna take a second at a sidebar and talk to my brother over there and we have a secret language and it's called never ending story. Does anybody else speak that language? Never ending story? I don't know. It's a movie from the 80s that we used to watch every day. So Steve, yeah. So it's like the book in the never-ending story, except without all the fantasy and the, 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 the mystical and the magic and the sorcery and the godlessness. <laughs> but the way the book was written long ago and it collided with his present day. It, it was alive, even though it was written long ago. And while I'm on that topic, the nothing and that scary wolf, that's exactly like Satan. Exactly. And my only modification on that one is that all those creatures and characters in the movie were very aware of the nothing. But in reality, humanity generally is not aware that there is a devil unseen prowling around trying to distract them from the truth about this book and the truth about Jesus Christ. And the last housekeeping item, I also want you to take note of the different ways in which God speaks to us. Okay, you're going to get a smorgasbord today. Um, my girl, Priscilla Schreier, I was listening to um, a, a, just a talk about her, about talking, her, I just ways about how God talks to you. And she said, sometimes in life you're about to land a plane. You're about, about to land, ma uh, make a big decision. On a dark run, you're about to land a plane on a dark runway. And sometimes you just need more than one guy there waving his glow sticks. You need a, a bunch of people there waving all kinds of glow sticks, telling you here, uh, you know, so you can hear and make this decision, your decision. So I'm here to tell you that I'm about to land a plane and I'm gonna let you in on my glow sticks, whatever those things are called, yeah. So I've questioned my sanity many times over the past five and a half years. Did I really hear these things? What if they were just coincidences? Wait, no, there's no way that was a coincidence. That had to be God. But things are going downhill. I don't see it in the natural. My scans are getting worse. What if I'm just crazy? What if I think I'm hearing these things? And I would have these internal battles. And then, but then I had a thought. What if I'm not crazy? Yeah. What if I'm not crazy? Yeah. And I started to speak that when thoughts of my funeral would come through my head or thoughts of what my family's life would be without me there would cross through my mind, I would say, but what if I'm not crazy? And then I would speak it out loud, no, I'm not crazy. I heard these things. I've been shown these things. I'm going to be healed. All right, so you know how in a 5K race or any kind of road race, um, right in front of the lead runner, there's a police car just to like let the people who are, who are bystanding or who are watching 
know that the lead runner is coming. And he also, the police car also um, serves as, so the lead runner knows where they're going. So it's just the, the procession, the, the police, this procession in front of the race. So with all this background in mind and that analogy about the police car in front of the race, I have two overarching verses from the Bible that are the police car in front of today's talk. Okay, one of them is from Psalm 25, 14. The Lord confides in those who fear him and he makes his covenant known to them. And the second verse will be covered later in a story. So now I'm gonna tell you snippets and trust me, there are a lot of things that didn't make the cut today. All right, for the race marked out for me and how God has been speaking to me and my interpretation of those communications. And just know that the police car that leads my race is the fear of God and the understanding that no matter what happens, his ways are not my ways. In fact, they're higher. And I cannot lean on my own understanding. And that he is sovereign. And no matter what happens, the truth of the Bible and the goodness of God is not negated or up for negotiation. All right. So there's a lot of moving puzzle pieces here. Uh, it was a challenge getting everything to flow coherently. So I might, I might be hopping around some. But you guys decide whether these are just coincidences or not. So it would have made sense to me when I was first diagnosed, it would have made the most sense if I was diagnosed with stage four cancer, right? Um, I was treated, I become closer to the Lord in the meantime, and then he takes me to heaven and I'm healed on the other side of heaven. That's what made sense to me. I'm a nobody. I knew God, I knew God healed, but why would he? I didn't make sense that he would heal me. So that's what I was prepared, that's what I was preparing for. To, to, you know, go through this disease and be healed on the other side of heaven. But then this happened. And this right here is the foundation and the reason why I'm digging my heels in the ground in faith. All right? And you decide whether it's a coincidence. So there was a, my kids were, I was first diagnosed, this was, some people know the story. I was, um, it was maybe two or three weeks after being diagnosed in the very beginning. My kids were what, five and six. And I had wanted to get Jameson, he was six now, I was ready to get him his first Bible, his first kid's Bible. So I bought a kid's Bible and I was like, great, we're gonna start reading it together. And I opened up this Bible and I was like, what the heck? There were like, there was like three pages of pictures and I needed pictures because that's what the kids like. So I tried to, tried it with him and we tried to read it together, but it was too, too, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't just into it. There weren't enough pictures. So I was like, what a waste. <laughs> so this Bible ended up being a permanent fixture in his room under his, the, his fan. We, we, we put it on his bureau and then put the fan on top of it to prop his fan up 
so that his fan could be a little higher at night toward him. And that's where this, that was where this Bible stood for, for as long as that, it was a permanent fixture. And then one morning, I go to wake him up for school in the morning, and I walk in the room, and that, and I, and that Bible was open next to the fan like that. And I knew it right away because it's always unfit. It was something different in the room. And I said, what is that? Who, Jamie wouldn't have done that. Who, did, they, did Jameson get up in the middle of the night and decide to start reading the Bible? I, to this day, I have no idea how that Bible got from out under that fan and open. So I walk over to it, and it's open, and I didn't know, I didn't read, I wasn't, I didn't get into the word before this, honestly. It was open to Psalm 91, and I didn't know Psalm 91 was a thing at the time. It's the first time I'd ever read Psalm 91. And I sat down, and I read it. And it was in a specific, ver it was in God's word translation, whatever that is. But I'm going to read the whole thing to you. Hold on a sec. It's going to be up on the screens as well. Okay. Whoever lives under the shelter of the Most High will remain in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, you are my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He is the one who will rescue you from hunter's traps and from deadly plagues. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His truth is your shield and armor. You do not need to fear terrors of the night, arrows that fly during the day, plagues that roam the dark, epidemics that strike at noon. They will not come near you. Even though a thousand may fall dead beside you, or ten thousand at your right side. All the people dying from cancer? You only have to look with your eyes to see the punishment of wicked people. You, O oh Lord, are my refuge. And then it kind of changes tones, and it's God speaking. You have made the Most High your home. No harm will come to you. No sickness will come near your house. He will put his angels in charge of you to protect you in all your ways. They will carry you in their hands so that you do not hit your foot against a rock. You will step on lions and cobras. You will trample young lions and snakes. And I always ask them, why would you ever save me? Why would you ever heal me? Because you love me, I will rescue you. I will protect you because you know my name. When you call to me, I will answer you. I will be with you when you are in trouble. I will save you and honor you. I will satisfy you with a long life. I will show you how I will save you. And I just took that, I will satisfy you with a long life. I took that literally. And I will show you how I will save you, and he did. And that's what I'm talking about today. All right. 
So it's so funny to me that what happened in that first five years doesn't even make the cut today. <laughs> but some of you know how close, some of you know what went into that five years and the sacrifices uh, and unique suffering that took place. Uh, but just know that his word was a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path and I feel that I was following directions and I have no regrets in the path that I took even if it doesn't look like some of them were successful. No regrets. Because I had confirmation and I know I followed directions and did what I was to do even though I'm here right now in this state. So over those five years, so I'm just gonna go into these stories. And again, they were coincidences. Okay, I don't think so. Convinced they're not. <laughs> All right, so over those five years, um, God told me this, was, this journey was gonna take a lot of money. And he told me it was gonna lot, take a lot of time and require a lot of patience. How did he tell me that? This almost didn't make the cut today, but it represents a different way that God can speak to us. Um, so this is how he told me that. So I was on vacation uh, with my family in Wildwood. Um, these guys were, were little. And I have a 10 and 11 year old sons, by the way. But they were much younger then. And we were in this little, we, we didn't have a house. We were in this like little motel and they were, my kids were fighting all morning over like stupid stuff, like the couch cushions closer to you, you didn't put, I wanna be closer to the couch cushion, I don't know, something ridiculous. And I have very, I have great kids, by the way. <laughs> um, and I lost my patience. And I said, I'm going to shop right. And I left them with Jamie. I said, I'm getting cantaloupe. So I drove, I like walked out the door and it was, I was like so happy that I didn't have to hear them. Anyway, so I drove my minivan. It was a beautiful day. I was on top of the world. Minivan, music playing, the windows were down. I was going over that Wildwood Bridge. It was beautiful. And I turned on the radio and a song came on. It go, the song goes, I got my mindset on you. And I was like, oh, I'm singing this to you, God. I got my mind set on you. And you know how like the first four, it's like first a while in the beginning, it's got just keep saying, I got my mind set on you. And I'm singing it to him. And he says, no, I'm singing it to you. And I said, no, you created. I said, you created, you're the creator. I'm supposed to sing it to you. No, I'm singing it to you. And I kept singing it to him. And he said, no, I'm singing it to you. I said, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm singing it to you. And I feel, I, was I feel like I was digging my feet into it, singing it to him. And he was sitting, and it was like a. <laughs> and then the next verse came. And it says, and it's going to take a money. A whole lot of spending money. And then, I don't know if you know how the song goes. And then it's, it's a whole lot of splendid money. It's going to take plenty of money to do it right, child. And then I, and I was like, it's a, okay, he, he just won, he just won. <laughs> to do it right, child. It's like he's singing to, a, addressing a child. So I knew that he, he won that fight. Um, <laughs> so the song went, it's good, it's, and I just knew he was speaking to me after. Um, it's gonna take money, a whole lot of money, and it did. 
and he provided it all, and that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, and he said it's gonna take time, a whole lot of splendid time, it's gonna take patience and time to do it right. And it has taken a lot of time, and it is taking a lot of patience. Um, he told me it was gonna take faith. Did he speak it into my soul, into my spirit? This is gonna take faith. No, because you know what would happen if he did that, if he just spoke it into my spirit? I would have been like, yeah. And then the next day I would have been like, did you really say that? Was that really you? Or did I just like make that up to myself? No, he used someone else. So I was sitting in a church service during worship, you know, pre-pandemic, we were here. And then Jenica, who is a, a, she used to be a pastor here, get walks up in the middle of worship, walks across the front of all the chairs, and then comes into me, comes over to me in my seat and said, Sharon, I had to just come over here and, sh and tell you this. She's like, I was, worship I was in worship, and I looked over, and there was a seven-foot man. I saw a seven-foot man, and I was like, taken aback, and I was like, oh my gosh, I just, there's a seven-foot man over there. <laughs> and I turned and I looked to check him out, and it, he wasn't there, it was you, it was you standing there. She's like, and the Lord showed me that that represents faith. She said, I forget exactly what she said, but she said, you're gonna need seven-foot faith, or you're gonna be an example of faith, or something about faith. And I was like, okay, got it, faith. And he told me I was gonna need to be strong and courageous and not get discouraged. How did he tell me? I was, I was uh, there was a time I was in the book of Deuteronomy, and I don't know if you've ever read Deuteronomy, but I finished the book craving his commands. I just wanted to know all his commands and follow them. And I said, God, I, I know you got the 10 commandments, and I'm going to read the Gospels to see what Jesus' commands, but I just, can you just show me your commands? Because I just want to follow them and do them. And not long after that, I, on my Bible Gateway app, I was reading the daily verse, and it started out, this is Joshua 1.9, it started out, have I not commanded you? And that was, I was like, yes, you know. I just put a lot, it just spoke to me. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. All right? So he, gave, he told me how I was going to need to be. All right. So here's the second overarching verse. And this is like a longer story. But it's a good one. My shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder group knows this. So, and that's, um, we have, it's like a small group. We have small groups, discipleship groups, and I host one of them. So, I was reading the Bible, and I read, there's these things in the Bible, things, passages in the Bible that I call the ifs and the thens. So, they're very, and I love them. It's like, it's usually if, blah, 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 so usually, and it's usually some sort of command. If you do this, or if you add, add, you know, have this in your heart, then this is the result. They're very black and white, and I'm type A. 
Um, so I love the ifs and the thens. And I read the best, I found the best then. Okay, and it was, let's go to the next screen. It's Proverbs, it was Proverbs 2, 1 through 5. But I'm going to read you the then first. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And to me, that is such a then that I wanted. And the if, here's the if. If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for, for understanding, if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then wow. you will find the fear of the Lord. And that hidden treasure just captivated me. I said, that's very specific to tell me how to search for wisdom. The hidden trip, I just, it, there was just, I knew there was something to it. So I said, I love that. I'm gonna share, I'm gonna start out my shoulder to shoulder group with that if and then. And I read it to them. And when I got to the hidden treasure part, I was like, and search for it as for hidden treasure. And then I was like, and you know, hidden treasure, just think of how, how specific that is and just search for it like that. And it was like really lean. Description of Lady Traffic. And I was like, man, that was like, I wish I had something more concrete about what it's like to search for hidden treasure. And it bothered me that I couldn't uh, put words on it. So then, that was Monday night. Friday night is movie night. I try to have movie night with my kids on Friday nights. Uh, and usually they don't agree. Usually, uh, what do you guys want to watch tonight? I want to watch blah, blah, blah. I don't want to watch that. And the other one says, I want to watch blah, blah, blah. And he goes, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> and I said, well, we have to agree. And then if we don't agree, we're watching what I want to watch. <laughs> CNN, all the way. <laughs> so this one night, that following Friday, I was like, all right, what movie do you guys want to watch? And Jameson was like, Hidden Treasure. And I was like, oh, here we go. Colin, what movie do you want to watch? Hidden Treasure. So I was like, wow, you guys both agree? Hidden treasure it is. <laughs> so we're sitting there on the couch, and, the and it starts, hidden treasure. And it's like a Disney movie with Nicolas Cage. And I'm like, wait a second. I said, this is going to be a movie about what it's like to search for hidden treasure, isn't it? And the Holy Spirit was like, yes, it is. Go grab a notebook. So I grabbed it. He's like, you're going to take down these points and you're going to share them with your shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder group. So I grabbed a notebook. I don't know if you guys remember me like getting up every so often and writing stuff down. And I had all these great points about how to, how to search for hidden treasure. But there was one part in the movie where Nicolas Cage was like, I don't even care about the treasure. I just need to know that I'm not crazy searching for all these things. And I said, that's me. That's how I feel exactly. It's not about the healing at this point. It's that I want to know that these clues that I've been given, that I'm not crazy. And he, and the Holy Spirit was like, this, then he said, this is also for you and your search for your healing. 
this, all these things also apply to you. And what the point that spoke to me the most from that movie and all the points that he gave was that the closer you get to your treasure or your healing, the closer you get, the more life-threatening it's going to seem or appear. The closer you get. And I'd say it's pretty life-threatening right now. And to hammer that point home, I had a dream, not, we're all like, I'm talking the past two months right now. Everything is like very recent. So after that, I had a dream. And I was, in this dream, I was given three weeks to live. And then after, I don't know, sometime after that three weeks, that I was given three weeks to live, I was at a T.D. Jakes, he's a, a you know, very famous preacher. I was at a T.D. Jakes service, and he invited people up for healing. And I went up, and I was slain in the spirit, down, and then I woke up. I don't know how, it's not like I got up and was like, I'm healed. I don't know. I was just slain in the spirit. And for anyone who doesn't know what that is, that's um, kind of like a Pentecostal term for the, the Holy Spirit. Literally, the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon people, and they literally, they fall, they fall over. And you may have seen it depicted in a movie, and I've heard people say, oh, that's staged. That's not real. Oh, it's real. It happened in this room last week. But I, I was, it was, it was a boom. So that confirmed that it's going, three weeks, that it's going to get more, appear more life-threatening. And what else I took from that is, like, I was like, why T.D. Jakes? And I had recently watched a teaching from T.D. Jakes about the armor of God. And he showed me, taught me something very specific, that maybe not all the armor of God is treated equal. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, is the armor that does the most, that, that does the damage to the enemy. And I thought, well, I've been throwing like physical stuff at this cancer for five years. Maybe this is a spiritual battle and I need to throw the word at it. That's what I got from that dream. So let me also tell you about a guiding Bible verse that I would say was thrust upon me that's also causing me to dig my heels in, in faith in the ground. And it's not a Bible verse I just like randomly as in my normal Bible reading, I was, oh, I read it and I'm gonna stand on this, which would be completely legitimate. So, and again, you decide whether this is a coincidence. So I have this, I'm gonna call it a, a practice of health that I do, something that's healthy that I try to do every day. I won't get into it more than that because then I'll just, that'll just distract away if I tell you what it is. So I, and, and it involves me being on the floor on my side for 15 minutes. Um, and that's where I get my Bible reading done every day, 15 minutes a day. Did you think that I was in my Bible for hours and 15 minutes a day? All right. So I'm in, I'm, I'm doing this thing, I'm on, the, I'm on the floor for 15 minutes reading Colossians. And I'm really into it, I'm loving it. All right? So I'm in Colossians, and 
Then I, after, I, after on the floor, I have to get up and sit down. So I take Colossians and I either go like this or maybe I went like this just to save my spot. And then I went and sat down. And when I picked my verse, my Bible up again, I was like, I was in Hebrews. <laughs> I was like, Hebrews? Out loud. It's like, what happened to Colossians? And so I'm in Hebrews now all of a sudden. And then, it, and then I saw the section in Hebrews titled, A Call to Persevere. And that word, persevere, has been just on my, just, uh, it's on my radar all this five years, a call to persevere. And in case you don't know, and in case you're trying to persevere through something, Perseverance, I always thought that it meant, oh, you're just going through something and it's taking a long time, so hang in there. Perseverance is persistence, persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. Continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failure, or opposition. All right? So then I read Hebrews 10. I'm going to throwing these on the ground, I don't know. <laughs> Here it is. And this is what it reads. And, and it's both, it both tells me what to do, and it's also prophetic. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. So the Bible spoke to me again, and that is my, that's, I'm not shrinking back. All right. So then um, we're getting more recent here. I got a text from Pastor Danielle. All right, she text Pastor Danielle texted me a Bible verse. By the way, if you are like ever on the fence about texting someone that verse or that word of encouragement, hop the fence and do it, yeah. okay? So Pastor Danielle texted me a Bible verse and it was Isaiah 41, 14, all right? And it said, do not be afraid, you worm Jacob. Little Israel, do not fear, for I myself will help you, declares the Lord, your Redeemer, your Holy One of Israel. And then she wrote, he himself, he himself will do it. And I thought to myself, I know where you're going with this. Like, you yourself. Not you and vitamin C. Not you and immunotherapy. You yourself. And I thought, but whoa, that's like a big, I don't, I'm not just going to like, I need to have more confirmation that that's what, that's, that's how I am to take this. So backtrack. 
Did you know, I don't, you would have known, I don't tell anybody, but when I was 19 years old, I heard the audible voice of God, audibly. I was at home on the couch, and I was in, I was like falling asleep, but not, I wasn't, I was in the middle of falling, I wasn't sleeping yet, but I wasn't fully awake. I was like in that middle phase. And I woke up from it, and as I was waking up from that, I heard, do not fear. That's it, those three words, do not fear. It was a man's voice, in it, and, I, and I knew that it was the audible voice of God. And I, and, I, and I was like, whoa. But then I thought, well, I'm not afraid. Like, I know, I'm not af there's nothing I'm afraid of. Um, and it, I love that you spoke, like, you spoke to me, you said do not fear, but I could look, I could turn to any page in the Bible and see do not fear. <laughs> if I were God, I would have been like, I just spoke to you audibly. <laughs> and you're gonna like question it, you're gonna give me, like, I take it back. That's what I would have done. So I've always known that he's spoken to me audibly when I was night, when I, a long time ago. Do not fear, but I never understood. I wish it would have been something more specific than do not fear. I know I'm not supposed to fear. When the Lord speaks to you audibly, wouldn't it be something more specific? And I just carried it. I gave it a lot of weight because that was the audible voice of God. But I was never, I just, it never fit anywhere in my life. Okay, do not fear. Um, and it was just always unreconciled where that fit. So now back to this Bible verse. I, was, I said, okay, I, I need to see this from, I need to see this Bible verse for myself. I, I need to just look in my actual Bible and read it. So I need to read what's before it, what's after it. Okay, so the verse before it. For I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear. I will help you. Then do not be afraid, O worm, Jacob, O little Israel, for I myself will help you declares the Lord, your Redeemer, your Holy One. So there it is. The I not, that, now it's specific. <laughs> the one who says to you, do not fear. Okay, I'm coming, I'm, we're, almost, we're almost there. Um, so let's talk about timing. God cannot be predicted all right, you never know when he's gonna, gonna act, but there's just some coincidences in the timing of things in my life that I can't ignore, okay? So all of the transitions in my life, and to this point it's been vocational, like changing jobs, which is a huge deal to me. I was very career oriented, so changing a job is like big for me. So for example, I, went to I changed jobs to went to Cherry Hill Township um, and the interview process happened in like October. And I knew I had the job in October, but for always for some reason, there was a waiting period 
And I didn't start working until with, with Cherry Hill, it was the second week of February. It was February 16th, all right? And that's when the, the result of what happened in October kind of manifested. That's when the job started. And then not long after that, I made a, tra a transition to Tom's River. And the interviews took place in October. But for specific reasons, it wasn't just, uh, okay, you're gonna give you three weeks and start. There was a waiting period, and I could not start until the second Monday in February, February 12th, again. There was always a waiting period, and the job didn't manifest until Monday, February 12th. And now, I'm not at Tom's River anymore, I'm at the church now. The talks about it happened in October, but the actual, I'll save spare the details, but the actual release to actually announce and make, announce that it, it was done on October 31st, a Friday, the last Friday in October. And they're like, oh, when do you think you could start? I said, well, I still gotta do, we still have to like find my replacement and I have to train them, but hey, <laughs> if, I, if I go with, with the way things been going in my life, I'm gonna start the second week <laughs> in February. Or the third week, you know, whatever. And wouldn't you know, and I did not, I never on purpose tried to get that second week in February. That I, and I even tried to make it sooner because I wanted to come here as soon as possible. But I started here on Monday, February 17th, all right? And then this year, I, well, well, now I'm, I wanted to get, I, I was, the last three months I've been doing very aggressive treatments. And my goal was always to get the scan on December 31st. But different scenarios in my life, which I don't have time to explain, kind of required me to get this scan on Friday, October 29th instead. So I was like, whoa, here we go with the October again. And then I go look at the, I said, well, I might as well see what, maybe the manifestation is February. Again, I know he can't be um, predicted. So I go look at February 22nd and Monday, February 14th, the day of love is that, that Monday. So I say, could it be? And obviously we're not there yet. I don't know, but I'm, it's just on my radar. Um, so, and I'm getting to the end here. So the Friday of my scan, like last Friday, like not yesterday, Friday the 29th, it was, wasn't a good day. It wasn't a good faith day. Like, did you think I had awesome, like unwavering faith the whole time? No, I don't have perfect faith. And Friday I was in a lot of pain and I said, is this really, I said, God, is this really the direction that I'm to take here, like not keep, well I couldn't keep going any, like I was, I'm so spent and I just worked so hard the last three months to try to make myself better and I'm just, I can't go on anymore doing it myself. But I said, are you sure I'm like supposed to just stop it all? Because I don't feel good and it doesn't, it's just not manifesting yet. I, things don't seem in the, I, I don't see it yet. Are you sure? I need, I need more confirmation that this is the path I am to take. If it were me, I would have said, 
you need confirmation, I would have stopped at Psalm 91 and said, that's all you need. Don't, like, why do you need more confirmation? You have little faith. Okay, so, but I, I asked for confirmation. I said, can you just give me one more sign that this is what I should be doing? So then Saturday, <laughs> that was Friday. So Saturday, and just background, I have, um, I've been standing on Psalm 9, and it's, and it's about God and, and getting the enemy. And it says, your enemies, enemies shall stumble and perish before you. You will uproot their cities. And I always, I just love that. You will uproot their cities. I have like New York City over my heart. And I have like various <coughs> cities of tumors throughout the lungs. And I need them uprooted. You will uproot their cities and the memory of them never to, never to return. So I've been standing on that. And just, I have a heightened awareness of the word uprooted and rooted. And I even grabbed a Joel Osteen quote from the internet because it had the word root in it. And then the end of it sounded just like Hebrews 10. And I read it every day. God is faithful. Don't let the lack of evidence convince you that nothing is happening. In the unseen realm, things are changing in your favor. Forces that have stopped you in the past have been broken. The roots have been cut off of that depression, that addiction, that sickness. It may look like it's alive. Nothing has changed. But stay in faith. It's just a matter of time, and you're going to see what God promised. So uprooted. So that Saturday morning, you guys know this. I go, I go for a walk in the neighborhood a lot, and I'm going for a walk, and I come, and I, it's like a little, a little loop. And I come around the corner, and it was the day after there was like some wind. It was like a windy Friday night. So it's Saturday morning. I'm coming around the corner, uh, back to the house in the court, and I, I, I was like, what the? And there was this tree that fell down. You guys saw it. Huge pine tree. It was, and it's round, it fell off its side, and it's round. The bottom of it was so big and massive, and, I, and people were like, stop to look at this thing. And if I have ever seen an uprooted tree in my life, it was this tree. And, that, and he was like, yes, I'm going to uproot. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And I even went in, that was after, the day after I said, can you just give me confirmation that I'm not crazy? And there was that uprooted tree. That was Saturday. Then Sunday morning, I watch Irene's teaching video for Shoulder to Shoulder. And there's this story about how it was Valentine's Day. And she's in a train, sitting across from this guy, kind of awkward, watching him be on the phone, like talking to, guiding someone, like a package was coming, and he put the, pack, put the package on the table, and she's like thinking the worst. What's in this package? You know, do I call the police? Uh, and she, she realizes that it's a father on the phone guiding his kids to put a package on the table for, I guess, the mom to surprise the mom. And she, was, and she said to the, the guy, as they were leaving the train, she said, well, happy Valentine's Day. And he was like, Valentine's Day is taken care of. And then, that was Sunday. 
I asked for one cover. I would have given me none. And I'm, on, I'm about to go to number three. I asked for one. Tell me that's not a God of grace. Mercy. So on Monday, and I've always been, like, I've, like, seriously, the last three months, I've been working so hard to, uh, so much time and energy and effort and focus on trying to make my body better. And I feel like it's like a mile, you know, the miles, four laps, and I feel like I was coming up on my fourth lap, and I just cro will cross the finish line and expecting the race to be done and won, and then I just feel like, I collapse, and the, the official's like, you got one more lap to go. <laughs> and then God, God, I felt God say to me, this is a relay race, you know, and I want the anchor leg. And that's the anchor leg is like the last leg in a race. And it's the fastest and the strongest runner is last. And then I said, well, did you, did I just, did I just think that myself? Or did you really say that? To, like, I, I, can you just put the word anchor in my life somehow? Can you just plant the word anchor? Like, I don't know. I would have been like, I, I, so I asked, I asked for that. And then it was like a Monday, and I had been like leading up to that. I was like, oh, I never saw like anchor. I guess that was a stupid request anyway. Or maybe it was just me that I thought of that. Like, he, maybe he really didn't say that to me. So... Monday early morning at 3.30 a.m., I'm awoken because I can't even sleep on my back because it hurts so bad. And I go downstairs to watch TVN at 3.30. And then the alarm, so I'm watching TVN, and then the alarm goes off at 5 because that's when I get up at 5 o'clock. So I'm about to turn off TVN, and at 5 o'clock, a new show starts, and it was Michael Todd. And, he's, and right as I'm about to turn it off, because my, my day is starting, he's like, we're going to start a new series this morning. And it's called Anchored. <laughs> Not even kidding. Um, and then I just heard God drop, drop the mic. <laughs> so this, that's, that's just that's what I've been seeing and hearing. And that's why I say I'm keeping the faith. I don't think it's all coincidence. And I'm not going to stop believing, even though it looks and on the outside like nothing's happening. And I was going to stop there. And I hope you've been seeing God in this whole thing. Right? And not a watching, eating popcorn, watching the story. And I was going to stop, stop there and just talk about some other things for a little bit, but then something else happened yesterday at about 1.30. And I came across something that I was very arrested by. And don't play it yet, but in a second. Um, and I heard something. And I'm going to play it. It's, we're going to listen to something, okay? And it's six minutes long. And the first three minutes, yes, is just, you're going to hear just music. No, um, no words. And, but that's okay. But what you're going to hear is straight from the Bible. And 
it's not, it's, it's not for me. This is actually for all his children. This is a communication, God speaking to all his children in this room, Christian and non-Christian alike. We're all his children, regardless of whether we consider ourselves a Christian or not. So I'm gonna, we're going to sit and listen to this. Crank it. Spirit of knowledge 
and understanding. I am the Holy Spirit that moved upon the deep. I am worthy of worship, glorious and incomparable. I am God who makes himself known through visions. I am dunamis power. I am the giver of all revelation. I am glorious and full of weighty splendor. I am he that ascended to the Father. I am the triune God of Israel. I am God who performs signs. I am God who speaks in night seasons. I am the King of glory. I am he who searches the mind and heart. I am great and greatly to be praised. I am Yah and Yahweh. I am the creator of all true worship. I am stretches out the heavens. I am God who speaks. I am Jehovah Rapha, your healer. I am God who declares new things before they spring forth. I am the answer of your tongue. I am prophecy fulfilled, never early, never like 46 minutes of that, but I was very arrested by that, and all that is straight from the Word of God. So, when I was first diagnosed with cancer, when I first heard the C word, I wasn't scared. The doctor even had to be like, do you understand what I'm telling you right now? You, could, you're not. I said, I yes, I understand. Because in my head, I was just. I was like, it's just, just earth. And then at my appointment, when I found out, Gail, Gail was there, Pastor Danielle was there when they, when, when they had to stage me and tell me if it spread anywhere. When I found out I had stage four cancer, and that it was in other words, basically terminal. There was no crying or wailing or fainting, even though those things are very, you know. It was more of a bummer. Man. And I reacted that way because I know that I know that I know. I know where I'm going when I die. I know that I'm going to heaven and there's nothing to be afraid of. And I have that confidence. And I need to share something else in this book. 
It's not Sharon's opinion or what Sharon thinks or what those Christians think. It's what's in the Bible. And there's a lot, I wish I had more time to expand on it, so you're getting the Cliff's Notes today, this morning. But according to the Bible, there is a heaven and a hell. And believe it or not, our default destination is hell. Why? Because of the sin of humanity. And for anyone who speaks never-ending story, the nothing will come for you will come for us. Or if you're all my gamers out there, the Fortnite storm will overtake you. But the Bible says that God made a way out. And regardless of whether you guys believe it, if we believe in all our hearts, we know there's a way out. And we see that the nothing is coming to take you out, and we don't tell you the way out, that'd be pretty crappy of us. So we do this every service, just in case there's someone in here who doesn't know. But the way out is part of an if and a then. And we know, we know the then, the then is everlasting life in heaven, eternal life in heaven. So I'm gonna tell you the most important if and then in the Bible. Oh, I just told you the if, the, the then. The, the if is faith in Jesus Christ. Not faith that he walked, not faith that he died, not faith that he performed miracles. Those were historical facts. That doesn't take faith. And even the Muslim faith believes in the virgin birth. But I'm talking about that Jesus was God himself coming to earth in an earth suit in the form of Jesus Christ. And then he came down to bore the weight of our sin when he hung on the cross. Put in another way, Jesus saw that the nothing was coming at you. And he pushed you out of the way into safety and let the nothing overtake him instead. And finally, faith that he didn't stay dead, but he rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. And maybe you're thinking, why? Well, that's a big, I didn't, I wasn't there. I didn't see that. I need to see that. That's, well, then it wouldn't be faith, would it? Faith. It's faith. And Jesus said to his disciples, on the 40 days that was recorded of him walking the earth after he rose, he said, you see and believe. But blessed are they who have not seen and still believe. So the Bible says that if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's a decision. So I'm going to lead a short prayer. And if you want to put your faith in Jesus, even if it's a mustard seed of faith, you don't need grandiose faith. A mustard seed is just fine. I encourage you to repeat after me out loud if you confess with your tongue. I'm going to lead a brief prayer. We could bow our heads. Jesus, we believe that you are who the Bible proclaims you to be. 
We believe that you died on the cross for our sins and rose from the dead. We proclaim that you are Lord and we thank you and praise you. We pray that as we seek you, you will reveal to us our next steps as we walk this life out with you here on earth. Amen. 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 So, yeah, awesome. Right? So, gave you the cliff notes. The full thing is in here. But in the meantime, Pastor Rick over there wrote an in-between version. And it's a quick, easy read. And we give it out for free. We don't sell it. So if you said that prayer and you want to know the in-between between the full version and the cliff notes that I gave you, there's a book called Surprise of Your Life. And he also wrote one for teens and tweens, if you have or are a teen or tween. I encourage you to go see Pastor Rick, and he will give you these books. And you can be seated. And if you made that decision, don't just go home and be like, cool, I made that decision. I'm not, I'm, I get to go to heaven now. Awesome, I'm gonna keep living, I'm gonna keep living the same life I was living. There's so much, no, don't do that. There's so much more. There's so much more to this life. Go to a church, start going to church. I'm not putting in a plug for Connect Church. You don't have to come to Connect Church. I'm impartial to Connect Church, but find a church, a Bible-believing church, and walk it out, that's, that's a good next step change your life and live for this this is just earth guys this is not this is not the end all be all there is a heaven and a hell and you can experience heaven on earth so pursue him seek him seek and you will find ask and you will not search as for hidden treasure and you will find the fear of god powerful about watching someone walk out faith. I love what Sharon started with, and we're going to leave, we're, we're, we're going to head out in a second. I love what Sharon started with this. I was going to wait to testify till after the miracle. But faith, faith sees it before it happens. Listen, praise happens after a miracle. Faith happens before it. You praise God after a miracle. Faith happens before it. 
I don't have faith because I have a miracle. I have faith because I have a God who is the God of miracles. I don't have, we don't have faith because we're good enough to deserve it. I love what Sharon said, although I disagree with her. She is somebody. Come on, somebody, right? I mean, that's amazing. But we don't have faith because we deserve anything. We have faith because he loves us even though we don't deserve anything. Our hope is not that we've been good enough. Our hope is founded in the reality that he is good enough. I don't know where you are today in your walk with God. I don't know where you are on your faith journey. But I hope that what Sharon said, the Bible says this, in Revelation it says this, that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb. That already happened. He stood in front of the nothing and pushed you out of the way. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. You just heard the testimony. And they loved life, not even unto death. They said, it's okay if I die because I know my God is faithful on this side of the veil and on the other. My God is a faithful God. Our 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 God is a faithful God. He is faithful. And I don't know about you, but I'm going to believe with Sharon today for the healing on this side of the veil. But his faithfulness doesn't change whether it's this side or the other side because eternity is a whole lot longer than the temporal reality that we live in. But I want her around for a whole lot longer. All he needs is one step towards him. All he needs is one step towards him. That's it. And he comes running. I'm going to ask us as we get ready to go to do one thing if you're comfortable with me. I'm going to ask you in just a second to reach out your hand towards Sharon. The Bible says this, where two touch anything in agreement, it will be done by the Father. It's not Kyle's word, it's the, it's the word. I love what Sharon said, the word of God is a sword, it's the thing that actually makes a difference. It's the thing that actually destroys the enemy. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That my word will go forth and not come back void. It will do what I've called it to do. And everywhere I send my word, it will prosper in that person. In the name of Jesus, we just come before you, Father. We thank you for your word. We thank you. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are the God that is healing himself, Lord God. I thank you that you said we're to touch anything in agreement that it's going to be done by you. And so we agree for her healing. We agree for her manifest miracle, Lord God. We, we agree that that pain will flee. Lord God. Father, we agree that your revelation of yourself will be manifest on this side of the veil. We thank you, Lord God, for your love and your mercy. We thank you for your grace that gives to us even when we're not deserving. Jesus, you are the healer. Jesus, if you could heal the blind man and, and you could heal Lazarus from the dead and Lord God, you could actually speak to the wind and the wave and tell it to be silent. You can speak to this cancer in the name of Jesus. I pray for every friend and family member of Sharon here today. I pray for the peace of God that passes all understanding, all fathomable wisdom, Lord God, to be in their hearts and their minds even now. That those who find themselves at odds with you may be reconciled to you today by your love because that is the heartbeat not only of Sharon today but of you today. 
We thank you, Lord God. We thank you for the privilege of being here today. We thank you for the privilege of being in your presence today. And I pray for not only Sharon, but every person in this room that has sickness. Every person in this room that has, uh, has neurological issues right now in the name of Jesus. Every person that has muscular issues right now in the name of Jesus. Every person, Lord God, that has addiction right now in the name of Jesus. Every person that has a mental, uh, a, 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 a mental issue right now in the name of Jesus. Suicidal thoughts, uh, addictive behavior in the name of Jesus. We just come against it and we say freedom. We say health. We say wholeness in Jesus' name. No weapon formed by the enemy shall prosper. You are the mighty warrior dressed for battle. You are our rock and our refuge, our high tower. The name of the Lord. Those that run into the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, Daddy, today as a church, as brothers and sisters, we stand with Sharon. We stand with you. And we thank you that you stand with us. Let your kingdom come in this. Let your amazing will be done. Let the enemy be embarrassed. Let the enemy be embarrassed, my king. Let your sovereign rule reign. Let your sovereign rule reign, Lord God. Come and move, Holy Spirit. We sow this time, we sow this faith. We sow this prayer into you and we give you the glory and we give you the honor in advance because we know you are good and your mercies endure forever. In the name of Jesus Christ who died and rose again and is crowned King of Kings and Lord of Lords, we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen, and amen, and amen, and amen, and amen, and amen. Hallelujah. Oh. Shabar, thank you. Amazing. I was like crying the entire time, so I, I'm going to have to watch it again online. Because, <clears throat> Hey, can I just encourage you? If you have friends who are going through, have them watch this. Because it wasn't a preacher telling you you could get better. It wasn't somebody trying to sell you holy oil from the tree in Jerusalem. But I can tell you, I've watched her faith for the last five and a half years. And everything that she said is true. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. May the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May his face shine upon you this week. May you walk in the blessing of the King of kings and Lord of lords. May you know that he will never leave you nor forsake you and that it is not by your goodness but by his that you stand in the wholeness that only he can bring. May his peace guide you his spirit fill you and when you face darkness may you know nothing but light my king Jesus reigns and we get the privilege of standing with him in his kingdom church we love you we thank you for being here today we believe that 
our God works all things together for good. Even if it doesn't feel good or look good on this side, we know that he loves us. And he's working the things together for your good. Will you agree with that? Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Go now with the love of God. God bless you, church. Hey, guys, I'm oh, sorry. Pastor Daniels just said, this is Pastor Rick over here. Pastor Rick, give him a wave. As uh, Sharon said, these are all uh, free books that will just help you walk that transition out. It's fantastic. Just come and talk to Pastor Rick for a few minutes. But God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Love you.